Harlow Gorgeous. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Jessica Harlow Show. I'm your host, Jessica Harlow, or Miss Jessica Harlow to some people, at least on YouTube. I'm best known for being a content creator and producer in mainly the beauty and self-help categories. I created this podcast specifically for young women that want to do more than just admire beautiful, successful, happy women, but also give themselves the permission and the tools to become one themselves. If you're tired of the noise of the world telling you how you should look or how you should behave or what you should want and instead are craving to live a life on your terms and even give yourself the room to decide what that even looks like and feels like for you, then you've come to the right place. A new episode of The Jessica Harlow Show goes up every single Thursday with one goal in mind, to bring you something of value that you can use to make your life happier, healthier, and or sexier. If you've been enjoying the podcast so far, I'd really appreciate it if you left a rating and a review on iTunes. It only takes about a minute, maybe less if you're quick. And you can also share this with your friends on social media. By the way, this podcast is also available for listening to on Spotify. So if any of your friends don't have Apple devices, they can still listen to it on there. If you do spread the word about the podcast in any way, please take a screenshot and email it to me at hellogorgeous at jessicaharlow.com, and in return, you will receive access to some exclusive content such as my hair care tips and secrets for growing the longest, healthiest hair possible, plus so much more. I've got a lot up my sleeve over the next few months. You don't want to miss out. This week is Mental Health Awareness Week. You're probably seeing a lot of things about mental health on social media. And honestly, it makes me very happy to see so many people opening up, not just about their own struggles, but also showing support to those that need it. There's such a stigma surrounding mental health. And while it's so common for people to give so much praise to the people who seem to have it all together, the praise really just seems to go to those who are doing what's expected, the people who seem really strong, right? And I think it's time that we redefine strength and what it means to be strong. Being strong doesn't mean never being knocked down. That's completely unrealistic. Almost every single person on this planet, unless they're truly completely devoid of human emotion, has been knocked down before. But strength isn't about that. Strength is about being able to get back up after being knocked down. What's that line? Fall down nine times, get up 10? Well, strength is in recovery. And we've all been there, and we've all had to do it, and we've all struggled. Some people may have had an easier time than others, but there are a number of reasons for that, whether it be their mindset, resources, tools, whether it's mental or physical tools, etc. But everyone goes through shit in their lives, and everyone goes through things that they feel like they have either no control over or no way of getting out of or no way of getting through. Everybody's been in moments where they really feel that way. And sometimes we can look at other people and feel like, well, that, like, it's not real. Like, how could they feel that way? Like, don't they see? And that's the thing with depression, mental health, and, you know, just the way the human mind is. Sometimes it's, no, we can't see. And that's kind of how I sort of view depression. I view it as almost like being blind. I view it as kind of being blind to the possibilities, what's good, what is working for you, what could be working for you if you just fucking focused on something else. But my point is, you never really know what anyone is going through. And I mentioned a few things on my Instagram this week, one of which was a quote that I shared that said, there's a special place in my heart for those who are with me at my lowest and still love me when I was unlovable. 
And I mentioned in the caption that there were people who were sticking around me, very my very closest friends that stuck with me even when they weren't really sure what I was going through exactly. Um, they had put up with me even when some of them didn't even really know what was going on with me. Now, I'm the type of person, and I don't recommend being this way, especially when you're really having a hard time, but I'm the type of person that doesn't really talk about things until I feel like I've really solved them, until I feel like I've figured them out. I keep very to myself. No one really knew the depths of my darkness. Sometimes I didn't even really know them because I was kind of in denial of them. And the thing is, when I started talking about it later on, when I'd gotten enough distance to be like, well, this is what was going on with me. And now that I'm not there anymore, I'm far out of it. I feel like I'm okay with talking about it. Well, what I learned was that some of my friends were going through dark times too, and they didn't really say anything either. They didn't really talk about what was actually going on inside of them, what was going inside of, on inside of their heads and their hearts and their souls. And it got me thinking, even when you really think you know people, you don't know everything that's going on inside of them. The other night I was at an event and it's really funny how certain things can kind of trigger you. Um, not that I was like triggered in an emotional way, it just like it kind of stirred something in me where I just felt really kind of uncomfortable. There was this dramatic music that was playing the entire time. I felt like I was in a movie and like everybody else seemed normal and fine, almost like there wasn't any music going on. I felt like I was the only one that could hear it. And it just gave me such, it wasn't really anxiety, but it was just like this eerie feeling. Um, the event was great otherwise. I mean, I had a good time like when I was kind of ignoring, able to ignore the music, but I really couldn't, I couldn't wait to leave just because the music was on a loop the entire time the same song for like two hours. It was the most bizarre thing. I was like, whose idea was this with the music? Um, And as soon as I got out of there, I swear, I just like threw myself into an Uber. I put in my headphones, blasted my own music. I just couldn't. It was such a relief. Um, It was really hard for me to interact with people. Like I had to really push myself because the music was just killing my vibe. And it's really odd how these little things can affect us. Um, Music is such a powerful tool. And I always switch what I'm listening to based on how I want to feel. And I'm going to talk a little bit about some tools and things that you can use to help pull yourself out of moments when you feel like you're really spiraling downwards. Um, And music is one of them. Um, If I want to be in a good mood, I'm going to throw on songs that bring back memories from my childhood or remind me of good times that I've had or even... I'll just strictly listen to hip-hop, honestly, rap, hip-hop. I've I've started working out a little bit again, so that's kind of the only music that really gets me going. It makes me feel good, Um, but that's a whole other story. But back to the point that I'm trying to make, you really never know what anyone is going through, no matter even if you think that they tell you everything. It's really important to check up on your friends, the people close to you, the people around you, because sometimes people pull away when they're feeling down. And sometimes, like for myself, for example, I do tend to pull away from certain things or people sometimes when I feel like I need to. Um, I'm very introverted anyway, so it's kind of like how I recharge. But if you are close to certain people and they've pulled back significantly, check up on them. See if they're all right and let them know that if they need someone to talk to, you are there and you will listen. Sometimes that's really all you need to do. A lot of people ask, what do you say to someone? Because let's say you're listening to this and you're like, well, I'm not depressed, but you know, what if I know someone who is, what do I do? What do I say to someone that I know is feeling depressed or I have really strong suspicions that they might be? Well, the number one thing to do is 
Don't tell them that they're crazy or that other people have it worse. Don't discredit their feelings. Don't pity them either. The best thing I think that you can do is just listen to them and ask them questions and see if you can help them to see the bright side of a situation. And if you can't really do that, if you can't really help them see the bright side of the situation, because not everybody has that skill, literally the best thing you can do is just listen. And if you relate to something, tell them and let them know, hey, that's normal. I felt that before. Um, But again, it's very important to bring it back to them. This isn't about you right now. This is about, this is about them. So listen and ask them questions. Make sure that they feel seen and heard. Because at the end of the day, that's what everybody wants. And in most conflicts, that's what's going on is someone feels or both people feel like the other person isn't seeing or hearing what they're saying. So it's very important to, when you're faced with someone who is probably not feeling their best, really feeling down, make sure that you can do what you can to just see them and hear them and make them feel like you see them and hear them. Just put your focus on them. And if you think that someone that you're talking to might be at a breaking point where you think they might be severely depressed to the point of potentially suicidal, well, there are a series of questions that I think you should ask them. And I found these questions in a book called The Game by Neil Strauss. It's not really a book that I recommend. Um, I mean, I do, but not if you're depressed. If you're depressed, just don't read this book. It's going to make it worse, especially if you're a girl. But it's a book about pickup artists. So again, if you're a girl, you're depressed, especially if you're dealing with any kind of relationship issues, don't read this book right now. Um, Read it when you're in a clearer frame of mind. But there was a little point in it that I thought was really, really important that um, was worth bringing up in this episode. So the author had made, I mean, the author who wrote this book had made a complete turnaround eventually years later and came out with a different book called The Truth which that one I do recommend. I recommend both, but I do recommend The Truth. Um, But his Instagram is also really great too, Neil Strauss. Anyway, this isn't really about him, but this is just about a small section of the book where one of the characters thinks that the other may have fallen into a very deep, dark depression. And he was instructed to ask the depressed friend these questions to gauge how bad it was. So here are the questions that you could also ask someone that you think might be really depressed and you're trying to kind of get a feel for just how bad it might be. So first and foremost, ask them, are you so down that you just feel like giving up on everything? The next question, are you thinking about death a lot? Do you think about hurting yourself or doing something destructive? Are you thinking about suicide? How would you do it? What keeps you from doing it? Do you think that you would do it within the next 24 hours? And I think that these questions are absolutely fantastic because when I think back to when I was at what I would describe as the height of my own depression now over a year ago, I know that my answers to those questions would have been very disturbing. Whereas now and over the past year, I mean, These questions don't even make sense for me to ask myself. And, you know, you could also ask yourself these questions if you're really unsure about how bad things might be for you right now. It's an opportunity to get honest about where you're at. And if your answers are not the answers you would expect at least a moderately happy person to give, then it's definitely time that you talk to someone and did something about it. 
When you're depressed, everything spirals and everything is painted in shades of gray. When you're depressed, it kind of just spills over into every single area of your life and you feel like absolutely nothing is going right. And it's because it's not. Okay, it's probably not because it's very hard for your life to really thrive when you don't feel like you yourself are thriving. But what I can tell you is that it's worth getting to the other side. It's worth doing whatever you need to do to get happy or to at least feel okay. Because look, you can't jump from depressed and feeling completely hopeless and helpless to feeling happiness. It's damn near impossible because it's too big of a leap. And that's why when people say to, when when depressed people hear people say, oh, choose happiness, it's like, well, how the fuck am I supposed to get all the way over there? I'm like, it's like asking someone to go from Antarctica to, to Canada in like one step. There's a chart that I had come across about vibrations because at the end of the day, it's undeniable that our emotions and our feelings carry vibes with them. That's how come you feel them in the first place. It's a frequency, it's a vibe, and it energizes you or it sucks the energy out of you. That's why when you're down, you feel down because you're at a lower vibration. So if you're feeling depressed and really sad, it's much better to move into anger. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but getting a little bit mad somehow feels a little bit better than being depressed. There is a slightly higher vibration to being angry than there is to feeling depressed and hopeless, correct? Feeling a little bit angry kind of gives you a slight sense of power and energy, right? Just slightly. So then when you get to anger, then you can work on getting to frustration. Frustration is a little bit lighter than anger, and it's not so far off that it's hard to get to there from feeling angry. You see how sometimes you can be like angry, but then you just kind of loosen it a little bit and you get into frustration. I think we've all experienced that. So when you get into anger, you experience the anger, work on moving into just feeling a little bit frustrated. After frustration, then you can get to work up to kind of getting a little bit bored with the situation, kind of going into feeling content or just kind of being like, well, I guess it is what it is. And then from there, it's much easier to get into hopefulness, optimism, and then that gives room for optimistic thoughts to be able to come in. And then you can get to feeling a little bit more positive, a little bit more positive, then you can get into happiness, appreciation, and just feeling good, or at least feeling pretty okay, okay? So try to remember that and teach yourself that for when you get into the depths of feeling really depressed or really sad and you feel like you just can't get out of it because a lot of the times people are trying to jump from feeling sad and depressed to feeling happy because when you're feeling sad, you want to feel happy. But sometimes, not really sometimes, it's just really hard to go from one extreme to the other. So do a small little climb up. And so much of what makes us sad is we place our happiness on, I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when this thing happens, when I get this job, when I make this much money, when I get this relationship, when my partner acts like this, when my body looks like that, when I get to go here or there, and when I, when I, when I. And that's all bullshit. And it's all temporary. Also, much worse is 
none of those things will ever make you truly happy or even come into your experience until you find happiness in the very present moment. This is what's called destination addiction, which is the idea that we will only feel a certain way when we get to be, do, have, or experience certain events or circumstances. But the truth is until we find happiness and contentment and whatever feelings in the very present moment, despite the circumstances as of late, we will have a really difficult time ever getting those good things to also enjoy. Now notice I said also enjoy because all of that All of what actually happens, no matter how great, is really just supposed to be the cherry on top, the something extra, the accessory that adds to, not supplements, not fills in for, but adds to the happiness and joy and good feelings that you already have, okay? Those experiences, whatever the circumstances are, they're kind of like the accessories. They're not the whole outfit, okay? And I know this sounds wild, but what I can tell you with absolute fact and with absolute certainty is that I didn't get better because my life got better. My life got better because I got better. And I only got better because my life gave me no other choice. It was either we're out of here or we're going to make the most of everything that we can. My life isn't perfect. I'm not perfect. So no one's perfect. And that's why no one's life is perfect because our life and our experiences often mirror back to us what's going on inside of us, what our beliefs are, not what we want, okay? We don't get what we want. We get who we are. We get what we are. Now, I'm not perfect. I still have things that I'm working through. I experience things that I don't want. And what it does is it eventually reminds me, because, you know, sometimes I get caught up. Then I remember, what have I learned? This experience is showing me something about myself that I need to work on. So if I'm in a situation where, for example, I don't feel worthy, I know it's because I don't feel worthy. It's because I need to help myself feel worthy. I need to remind myself of all the reasons why I am worthy and just as worthy as just about anybody else that also gets to experience really great things. Because like I always say, If you think you're not worthy, think about how many people in the world that you know for a fact aren't that smart, uh, aren't that attractive, aren't as skilled, aren't as talented, didn't come from very much money, all kinds of things. They had a whole number of things working against them, and yet somehow their lives still become really great. They get to really enjoy themselves. So if those people are worthy enough of things, and they must be because they're getting them, well, then, then we're all worthy. Does that make sense? So when you're in situations like that, it's just a reminder that you need to remember that you are worthy because there's people who, in logical sense, seem a lot less worthy that still get a hell of a lot more. It's not a coincidence. So own yourself and own your worthiness and just let that guide you. So continuing on, if I am in a situation where I feel unhappy It's because I have to make myself happier. It's because I'm neglecting my own happiness. If I'm in a situation where I feel like I'm neglected or overlooked, it's because I am neglecting or overlooking myself somewhere in my own life. And when you handle those things, when you give yourself what you need, your life will adjust. Either the people and circumstances will improve 
or they will be replaced with what will be a match with your better vibes. So I'm always a work in progress. Like I said, I'm not perfect. Nobody is. I'm always a work in progress. I'm always improving because I've decided that I am worth the effort, the time, and the patience to get better. Because I know that if I don't do it, ain't nobody going to do it, ain't nothing going to do it. And that it really starts from me. And it wasn't until a year ago that that all started making sense to me because I kind of had no other choice. This was like my only option for what to try. It's like my last resort. I was kind of forced into this. And ever since I committed to that and remained committed to getting better at that, everything started changing. Every single aspect of my life got better. Some areas were a little easier than others, but overall, it's all gotten better and it continues to. And I really don't know how it works, but it does. And I'm one of those people where I don't really need to know all the details. I just care to know it works. I'm doing it. That's that. And I really see it all the time. I see evidence of it everywhere. I mean, don't you look around sometimes and you see people that are just so like stupidly happy and things just seem to work out for them, but they're not happy because things are working out. They're just happy because they're happy. Learn from this shit and adopt it for yourself. It's not a coincidence. And I've been prioritizing how I feel over absolutely everything. I have prioritized my sanity over everything. Even when it was hard and there were moments where it was hard and there's still moments where it gets hard. But even when I feel like doing that can sometimes feel a little bit risky, I still do it because I know that no matter what, I'm the absolute only person that I will have with me my entire life. You are the only person that you will have for certain throughout your entire life. So doesn't it make sense to take the best care of that person possible? Look, you can find the love of your life, but who's to say that they aren't going to die before you? Even if you spend your whole lives together, somebody's eventually going to die. Who knows who's going to go first? You know what I'm saying? So you really have to, the only person that you know you're definitely going to have with you until your last dying day is yourself. And if I could recommend anything to anyone, of course, get help. If you really feel like you need it, and you can't do it alone, find help. Not everybody is not everybody is the same. Not everybody is able to do everything for themselves. I totally understand that. That's why it's so important to, you know, be honest with yourself and you, if you really feel like you can't do it alone, find help. Get around to the kindest and most loving people that you know, get to a therapist, talk to a friend, talk to a family member, anyone that you know you can trust without a shadow of a doubt that is also going to listen and respect your feelings and not downplay them because I know that's a whole thing and that's what keeps a lot of people from actually opening up and actually talking is that they feel like this person's gonna just you know completely invalidate everything that I'm talking about or they're not gonna hear me or they're gonna just be like it's ridiculous and I should get over it when it's a lot bigger than that but if I could recommend besides that the things that have helped me the most first and foremost meditation obviously I'm not a doctor Not everyone's depression is the same. If you are truly going through depression in the sense of it's a true chemical imbalance, which I personally don't believe is the case for many people that are depressed. Again, I'm not a doctor. It's just what I think. But if you have tried it all and it's nothing seems to be working, I'm pretty sure it's likely um, a chemical imbalance and go see a doctor. In my opinion, I feel like medication is a last resort method. Um, But know that you are absolutely worth exhausting all the options that you that you can to get better 
and you can and anyone can make it through to the other side and feel what it's like to get out of the woods and it's absolutely worth it's absolutely worth the fight it does get better it's just that you need to get better and by that i don't mean that you're not already good it just means realizing that you are already good because you really fucking are so many people think that they're not and they are all people have shit to offer it's just you gotta own it and give yourself room to be that and that's what depression takes away from people it takes away that space from people and it convinces them that they aren't worthy depression's a big big liar it's a big con artist but besides all of that here are the things that i would recommend you doing if you don't feel like you're necessarily at a point where you need to go seek help but either way i think that this is also a good thing to do even if you are um, seeing a therapist and getting help but here are the things that really made a tremendous difference for me the things that are kind of like non-negotiables i do them whenever i need to and some of these things are things that i do all the time First and foremost, if I could recommend anything besides changing your mindset in the ways that I described earlier in the episode, I recommend meditation. Meditation trains you to bring yourself to the very present moment because that's what depression really robs you of. It's kind of like a time machine and like a really rotten time machine that doesn't take you anywhere where you really want to go. So meditation really trains you to bring yourself to the present moment, not the present circumstances. I mean, the very present moment. Like for example, right now in my present moment, I am sitting in my seat, my desk, I'm really comfortable. It's very late at night. My feet are on the warm carpeted floor because otherwise I wouldn't be able to record without an echo. Um, I have a furry pillow behind me because it just makes me feel more comfortable. It supports my back. It's dead silent. It's peaceful. I'm recording this podcast. I've got my notes in front of me. Everything is okay right here, right now, where I am. Now, if I were to think of the current circumstances of my life, well, then I could get into my thoughts and that would either be worries about what hasn't even happened yet or reminders of what I think will happen based on what's already happened in my life. And none of that would be in this very present moment, because in this present moment, I'm sitting here recording this podcast. It's late at night. I'm alone. No one is here. Nothing is going on. Do you see what I'm saying? Meditation is an excellent way to bring your attention back to the present moment and find peace. It helps you to learn to train your mind out of the habit of being depressed, because being depressed, in a lot of ways, it's kind of a habit we've kind of trained ourselves to allow our emotions to remain with us for far longer than they need to. Depression is kind of like when you allow sadness to overstay its welcome. In a lot of cases, obviously, there's different scenarios, but I think for most people, that's kind of what it is. So see what I'm saying? Meditation is an excellent way for you to bring your attention to the present moment and find peace in it. Because isn't that all we ever want? Just a bit of peace? Especially after our minds have driven us nuts with all this information and misinformation and interpretations and worries and reminders of things that are somehow irrelevant in the right here and right now. Exactly. Meditation. Very necessary. Do it. Don't drop it ever. In my years of depression, the only pockets of time periods where I wasn't a complete mess, it was when I was meditating regularly. This isn't a chicken or the egg type of thing, like what came first, meditation. 
It's as necessary to me on a daily basis as brushing my teeth and disinfecting my phone before bed. I recommend, personally, I do Transcendental Meditation. That's what I was trained in. It's mantra-based. But feel free to experiment with different kinds until you find one that you really like. Um, Some people like guided meditations. I'm not really the biggest fan, usually. I don't need to think about meadows and forests and rivers and beaches. But if that works for you and makes you feel happy and peaceful, go for it. There are so many different kinds of meditation. I personally recommend Transcendental Meditation, but you know, do what you got to do. The next thing that I really recommend, journaling, writing. I don't care if you end up trashing half of what you write or sticking it through a shredder. I do that sometimes. Sometimes I just write very personal things that I don't even want to find. So I shred them. But there's something very cathartic and revealing about writing. I've had so many revelations through journaling, and it really often helps me to find clarity that I somehow just can't really get to just sitting and thinking. And it also really helps me to see what's really going on, what's really my issue, and make the right decision about what to do or what to focus on next. It just really, it helps in in ways that I can't even, I mean, I, I could spend forever listing the benefits of writing things down. It also really helps you to focus your mind. When you literally pick up a pen and paper and write, you can do it digitally, but I really like to do it the old-fashioned way. I just feel like it really forces you to kind of slow down and really, you know, write things out and process things even better than sometimes um, I feel like you can do on a computer, let's say, because I feel like you can type a lot quicker than you can um, physically write something out. Um, And there's a benefit to that slowness. Um, What else? The other thing that I recommend, and this sounds so bizarre and so crazy, but it's to view yourself as a separate person. Now, what I mean by this is take care of yourself in the same way that you would take care of, like, think of if you had someone staying with you that you really loved and cared for, and they were kind of having a rough time. Like, think about what you would do for them, what you'd encourage them to do, what you think would make them feel happy and thought of and just cared for. Do those things for yourself. Sometimes it's so easy for us to think of what someone else needs to do, but for ourselves, it's like, oh, we're lost. We have no idea. So I don't know if it's have a bubble bath, put your phone away, put on good music, give yourself time to write about what's going on, listen to yourself, observe yourself, prepare for prepare things for yourself, see what you can do to make your life easier. Look, when you're depressed, sometimes it's really hard to even take yourself out of bed. So view it as like you've got a really depressed person staying over. Think of it almost as like, even if you want, you can go as deep as thinking about it as like, the child version of yourself, like the little kid version of yourself, because I feel like sometimes when we get really into the extremes of our emotions, it's like our inner child kind of comes out. So, and that could really express itself in either very positive ways or very, you know, negative ways. And I feel like when people get depressed, it's a lot of things that tend to stem from, you know, childhood and upbringing. So think of it as you have a depressed person staying over. Think of it as like the little kid version of yourself, you know, and you're just like, oh, I feel so bad for them. Let me at least, you know, get them to get up and like take a shower and change into a different outfit or whatever comes to mind. I mean, these are just examples, um, just like little simple things. And yes, they're very basic because the thing is with depression is it makes things seem like a mountain. It makes the littlest of things seem like a complete mountain. And doing it this way and viewing yourself as separate from yourself, kind of like in the third person, it's almost as it's loving yourself when you're not yourself. 
when you're not really feeling so yourself so that you can actually get back to being yourself. It's just like how many episodes back I mentioned that talking about your really strong emotions, like when you're in the depths of kind of feeling really down and you feel yourself kind of spiraling out of control, it's really helpful, whether it's in your head or out loud, to talk about what's going on inside of you, what you're going through in the third person, because it could really help you to get some distance from it so that you can be more likely to be able to do what you really need to do. It helps to give you a little bit of distance and give you that space to actually be more proactive and um, effective. So let's say if you are feeling depressed, you might say, oh, I'm feeling depressed because, you know, this and this happened and da 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 But instead, if you say like, for example, use myself, I'll be like, well, Jessica's really depressed right now because, you know, this and this happened. It kind of disappointed her and, you know, just it really let her down. And, you know, so she's just really trying to process this and, you know, get back up on her feet. So automatically that kind of makes it seem like when someone else comes to you with something, you feel like you have all the answers. But when it comes to you, you feel kind of lost. It helps you be able to better apply that to yourself, okay, so that you can actually help yourself. But again, I'm not a doctor. Uh, Not everybody's depression is the same. If you're truly feeling like you're going through depression in the sense of, again, a chemical imbalance, you've tried everything, um, or you're trying things and you feel like you really need that extra help, definitely go see a doctor. I highly recommend that. I always recommend because another thing that happens with depression is a lot of people isolate themselves and it's really important like even if you're pulling away from certain people don't pull away from all people it just means you know get closer to the people that are better equipped to handle you um, when you are feeling in this way Um, don't isolate yourself the worst thing that you can do is isolate yourself and that's what depression kind of wants you to do it wants to get you alone Um, I think it was RuPaul who said something like this I think He said it about, um, was it depression or something about like when you're depressed, your ego is wanting to isolate you because it wants to kill you. And it's so dark to think of it that way, but it really is the truth. Depression is a very serious thing and it can, if you're not careful, it can kill you. It's done it to so many people before. There might be people you know who've committed suicide. We've heard so many stories in the media of people who have Um, It's a serious, serious thing. And there were definitely very many people who really didn't need to go like that. So that's all I have to say for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope that you got something out of it. I hope that it helped you in some way, shape, or form. If there's anyone you know that is depressed or feeling kind of down and you think they might benefit from this episode, feel free to um, pass it along to them. Um, But at the same time, you know, remember what I said about what to do when you feel like someone... Um, close to you might be depressed. You know, go back to those questions, ask them those questions um, and see what you can do to help them. And if you feel like you might be depressed, you know, you could take my advice. Um, Hopefully it helps you, but also, you know, be real with yourself and realize, you know, if it's at the point where you really feel like, you know, you need to get some help. Um, There's no shame in getting help. Um, I think it's very important that we really redefine what strength means Um, because strength isn't, you know, never being knocked down, never having anything affect you. Um, Life is tough. It's tough for everybody in all kinds of different and mysterious ways. Um, And sometimes it feels really illogical, but that's kind of how depression can be. It doesn't discriminate. It can affect absolutely anybody from the most beautiful and successful people 
um, to the richest people, to the smartest people, to all kinds of people. Um, it really doesn't discriminate. So there's no reason why you should feel bad about feeling bad. Um, but it's really worth it to fight through it because what depression tries to convince you of is that you are not worth it and that it's better to just give up when it really, really isn't. And if you're going through depression, I really look forward to the day that you get through it and realize how right I was in this moment and how true it is that it really is worth getting through. It's really worth fighting through and 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 making it over to the other side. I wish you all the best of luck. I love you all so, so much. I make these podcasts because I know what it's like. I know what it's like to feel really bad 90 to 95% of the time. And I'm really happy that I've gotten to the other side where now it's like 90 to 95% of the time I feel okay or happy. Um, I feel good. Um, And that's how it's supposed to be. You're not supposed to be you know, feeling mostly bad. You're supposed to be feeling mostly good. Yes, things happen where, you know, you, you, you they're not your favorite thing. But if you view everything as a lesson and as something to learn um, and as something that is setting you up for the better that you can have and be, trust me, it gets so much better. I promise. I thought this was all bullshit, but I've lived it. Um, So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you haven't yet left a rating or review, please do so. It really helps the show to grow, but also feel free to share this again with any friends of yours that you think um, might really benefit from it. I love you all so much, and I look forward to talking to you again next Thursday.